Hey yo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B of our CHGO offices. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community Leader will be joined later by our CHGO White Sox beat writer, Vinny Duber, live from Guaranteed Ray Field. We are joining you after a Chicago White Sox loss. The White Sox lose 4-1, to one, and for the first time since 1989, in a six-game homestand, the White Sox were swept 0-6. They came in four games back of the Guardians, and now they're 10 games back, officially eliminated from winning the Central Division as the Guardians have now clinched that title, and the Sox have failed. Yeah, it is a very, very fitting end to this AL Central race that the White Sox were in. Last Tuesday, as you said, four games out with three against the Guardians right in front of you. They had everything they needed right in front of them and they pissed the bed. This is a very sad ending because after they lost that game versus Tuesday, and I know I have no proof of this, but they gave up. Losing three games in a row to the goddamn Detroit Tigers is embarrassing. You got to have some pride about yourself. You got to have some pride about the jersey you have on with the SOX going down the left breast. Today, the SOX is going against the chest with the 83s on. And some pride about the name that you're putting out there in the, on your back. Your, uh, on your back, Because your family's going to be looking at you and they're like, okay, we, we ain't going to represent our family right. We're going to go out there and just throw our jocks out there instead of giving good effort versus a team that is eliminated, that is not as good as you, that you've been kicking ass the whole year, that's just bad. That's just a very piss-poor, garbage effort from the White Sox. Swept, and Sean looked it up. Looking up all those goddamn seasons, like the worst seasons that you remember, 2007, 2010, the whole rebuild from 2016 on, none of those years had you had a six-game losing streak of a six-game homestand and getting swept in the whole homestand. None. And so since 1989, that's piss poor. I don't care what you say. You have to go out there and battle every goddamn time you put the jersey on to represent yourself and represent your team, and the White Sox have not done that. And that's why I'm fine with everybody leaving, even though it's not very realistic for everybody leaving. Even the manager, the general manager, some of the players, I know for the most part, they're all going to come back. And that's very, very sad because all throughout this year, they've given up during parts of the game, during parts of the season. And to this weekend, there was no heart, no faith, no anything from these White Sox. Yeah, Jay Corona saying, uh, Jay Corona 984 saying, today it was a funeral. Alex S saying, what a complete kick in the balls. End to the season. That won't inspire any change in the organization. I'm not sure. I mean, when you have a failure like this, when you're four games back, when you're up, I mean, they were they were above 500 before this entire series with the Guardians started. Yep. And here they are sitting below 500, 75 and 76, and they have given up. 
I mean, it is extremely clear. And I want to go through those names from 1989, yep. eight years before my birth. And I will go through the starters of that roster because the hitters are familiar, right? Ozzie Guillen, Harold Baines, Ron Kittled, Ivan uh, Calderon, uh, right? Steve Lyons, Dan Pasqua's in here, Karkovice is in here, right? Some some decent names, yeah. some, some, some guys that can get on base. Here are your starting pitchers for the Sox. Eric King. Sean Hillegas, I have heard him. Uh, Melito Perez, of course I've heard him. Uh, Steve Rosenberg, nope. Bill Long, hey, Steve Rosenberg. Did he do uh, weekends on the score? And Eric King, yes. Uh, Steve <laughs> Rosenbloom <laughs> used to do uh, weekends on the score. I think he still does with he our does. guy Scuds. Make and bake. Um, so there you go. Yeah, no, uh, not Steve Rosenbloom, but uh, Steve Rosenberg. Uh, so those are the guys. And today the Sox had Dylan Cease out on the mound. They had Dylan Cease again in this series to lead off and open up. This uh this series or uh, this uh, homestand against the, the Guardians. They had Lance Lynn. They had Johnny Cueto. They have no excuse for losing six games to the Guardians and Tigers because even when you lose the first five, like you said, there's no play for who's even on the back of my jersey, right? There's no play for myself. And you're going up against Tyler Alexander, who's 25% worse than an average MLB starter, and he's a lefty. Yep. The White Sox should be able to hit that hitter, and they, they just were not interested to take at-bats. And the Tigers, still fighting. The Tigers, still trying. The Tigers, still interested in getting on base and, and getting hits. And you saw effort from them today. You didn't see that from the Sox. And that should show you all you need to know, that the Tigers are still interested in this games. They're playing out the games. They haven't had a, a competitive game since probably June, where they thought, okay, we're still in this, guys. We need to just win this game, that game, or that other one. This is the end of the season for them, too. They have been disappointed for a long time, but you still see effort. You still see the guys fighting some heart, some toughness. As uh, former Bears uh, linebacker Brian Cox said, Bears need to go to the Wizard, go and get some heart, go and get some toughness, because they don't have any Bears. They said He said that about the Bears. The White Sox need to go and get some heart, some toughness about themselves, and go and see the Wizard about that, because this is not acceptable at any level. I want Rick Hahn to come out the next homestand, the last homestand of the year, next Monday when they finish off the three-game set versus the Twins and get pissed and say something about how the White Sox performed in this particular homestand. And he has to wear this. And I know we talk about Tony La Russa and we talk about Miguel Cairo, how well he's done in the time and how well the team has done under his stead. Tony La Russa's not around anymore. This is Miguel Cairo's thing right now. So I know people want him to come back, but the six losses at the home, at crib, at the crib, are on him. He should, you know, think twice and throw some chairs. Do something in the clubhouse because this is an audition for himself for next year, and it's not going well right now when you have these games on the schedule and you just don't even show up. Your team never showed up. Yeah, they didn't show up this entire home series. And we appreciate guys like uh, John Froelich and all you guys hanging out in the chat, like Melissa, Mr. C, uh, Clark, all these people that are, are very familiar names. But uh, John saying you guys are the only reason I even give a rip this year. The only reason I give a rip and even talking about this game right now is because we're getting paid to be here. I mean, m most of the time we were drawn towards that Bears game because that Bears game was exciting. That Bears game had some life. They had some effort. You know, Justin Fields kind of stunk it up. Oh, and you can watch terrible. the CHGO Bears post game if you want to get the full recap on that. But the White Sox, or uh, the Bears, 
Bears still competed in that game. They still fought through that entire game. And I know that you're looking for Rick Hahn's quotes um, for either, you know, for the end of the season. Uh, this is what Rick Hahn had to say on Saturday. Our guy Jared Willis was out at the park, and you can read this at allchgo.com because on Saturday, the White Sox announced Tony LaRusso will not be returning for the 2022 season and that Luis Robert was placed on the 10-day IL, but that's likely going to effectively end his season. What Hahn said was, I don't want to do a post-mortem until this body is fully cold, so we'll wait until the end of the season, and we'll talk about all the different emotions and what the plan is going forward to put ourselves in a better spot. He continues by saying, as for the inevitable question about Tony LaRusso, well, what does that mean for next season? We're going to finish up this season first and address everything when it's appropriate to turn the page at the end of this year. And I understand you're looking for something for Rick Hahn. You're looking for something from Rick Hahn in you know, uh, the idea of what the plan is, how he's going to fix this. He's not going to fix this. From watching this, from seeing the seventh highest payroll team who is supposed to win the division lose to the Guardians like this, if he's not fired, you know, you talked about manifestation and thinking about like, oh, I want this to happen. Like if you manifest, oh, I'm broke. You're yeah. you're going to be broke. Yes. If you manifest, uh, you know, Let's say I'm, I'm going to be rich. You know, maybe it'll happen. If I manifest Rick Hahn can keep his job in some way, I, I think I'm doing myself a failure and fans a failure. Rick Hahn should be fired. Rick Hahn needs to be fired. If Rick Hahn isn't fired, it's a complete joke. From 2012 to 2018, go look at all those MLB GMs who won uh, World Series. All of those guys have been fired. Guys who have recent success, all the way dating back to 2012 when Rick Hahn was basically hired. Mm -hmm. All won World Series, all fired. And some of those because they're cheating and stuff like that. Yeah. But Rick Hahn has not found any success. He's tried to rebuild this team twice. And I understand that the rebuild and the window can technically still be open even after 2023. But the fact that you failed like this in 2022, your team's 75 and 76, you need to be fired and fired to the moon. Get you as far away from the city, that far, far away from that stadium, as far away from the state, as far away from Major League Baseball. Get them off the planet. Send them to the moon. I, I, I'm, I, it's so sad and laughable that that this is what we were delivered in 2022 because yes maybe we had too high of expectations but these are too low of expectations if you told me right now or back on march 3rd before we started this whole shebang that on september 25th the white Sox would be 75 and 76 i would have called you moronic i would have called you stupid and i would have said you are just being a pessimist yep clearly i'm too optimistic mm -mm. no this is this is why it's a failure because of the expectations. And there is not one person that can show me that they said that this team would be this. Not one. Every single team. Even you know, po positive Guardians, positive Tigers, positive Twins or Royals um, blogs or podcasts like we have here would even think that the White Sox would be this. Maybe they thought their individual team would compete or win versus the White Sox, but they would think it'd be toe-to-toe -to -toe up until the last week it, at minimum. Shit's been over since last Tuesday, and today is the official ending, and I want the White Sox to turn on the clubhouse right now, turn on the Guardians game with the Rangers, watch the Guardians celebrate the AL Central Championship because they deserve it. That team battled the whole year and they played baseball the right way make it hurt make it feel a little pain so you go in the offseason and say the team's not better than us they just play better than us well and you know what's funny too i, I think it's just funny that the Cle cleveland didn't have to do anything today cleveland could have just sat there yep. chilled out because the white Sox are gonna lose that, that was known 
right? The White Sox didn't have any fight to even keep their chances alive. Maybe there's a miracle. Maybe there's something. And I saw someone, I think it was Al, say, you know, if I was Cairo, I'd close the door. Why? Why close the door and scream at these players? He already did that. He told you he did that after they lost to the Royals. And what happens? They have a nice little run, but then they lose to the Guardians, and, and they're done. They have given up. They've packed up and, and pushed their chips in. I think A.J. Pollock's still playing hard because he's trying to make millions and millions of dollars more for himself. His player option went from $10 million to $13 million because he's playing every single day. Yohan Moncada, he's up there. He had a nice home run off to Alexander, but really outside of that, that's the only highlight that's for the White Sox this entire game, which is exactly what it was uh, in, in that 10-7 to 7 game where the, the White Sox have that one home run from Yohan Moncada, but we're like, uh, whatever. I mean, it really doesn't feel like it's that much of a difference maker because it's just too little too late. Like, <laughs> this, this is just sad. It's very sad. I... I've never wanted a White Sox season to end more quicker. Like, I went through the 2007 season and the 2010 season. I was like, there's nothing going to beat these. These are terrible. I got to watch Andy Gonzalez every day. This is some terrible shit. This is a, a much worse season. I cannot wait. Like, I, we'll watch Tuesday's game. We'll have a show tomorrow on our off day. We'll watch Tuesday's game, Wednesday's game, and Thursday afternoon's game. And that Thursday afternoon game and that post game, I'm like, ugh. Man, only like four more games to go because then we got Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and we're done with this crap team for the season. I can't wait till we get to the postseason for our hour-long shows so we can talk about some things that are not these games, not this dead-ass team, not these dead-ass players, not that manager, not Rick Hahn, not the owner. I want to talk about things that we, Sean and I, and Vinny think that the White Sox should do in this offseason. We know it's a pipe dream because this organization doesn't do things the correct way, doesn't do things that other organizations would do. But we're going to lay out our plans for what we believe with the resources the White Sox have and the teams in the AL Central, how they can get to the next level of winning this division next year in 2023. And maybe think about, hey, what we would do if we were the owner or we're the baseball ops guy. Maybe firing Kenny, maybe firing uh, uh, Rick Hahn, as uh, Sean has said. Yeah, he doesn't deserve his job. And we know these things are pipe dreams, but these are things that real teams would do. And unfortunately, we were root for a team that is unserious. It wasn't pipe dreams for the White Sox to sign Kyle Schwarber and Carlos Sardin. Not at all. Those contracts weren't too ex uh, extreme. And you still, Kyle Schwarber's available. I mean, uh uh, Carlos Rodon's available this year. Right, yeah. Carlos Rodon should be available after next year unless, uh, the, you know, the Giants really like what they saw and lock him up, which I wouldn't blame him. I think he leads the MLB in strikeouts right now. And here's the thing. He's still pitching in September, by the way, because uh, Rick Hahn doesn't know shit. Anyways, uh, let's go to Escape from the Madhouse because I appreciate uh, just new faces in here. I see Al. I see Jay Corona. I see Anthony. Um, I see Mr. C. Clark. All these guys and Melissa as well. All these people. Very, very repeat, repetitive names, but uh, Escape from the Madhouse kind of going along the lines of like what we would do and stuff like that. He asked, will the Sox sign Aaron Judge and will the Sox sign Trey Turner? So we'll just tell you right now, before the offseason even starts, I would love the White Sox to have Aaron Judge in a uniform. Yes. Playing for them, 81 games at guaranteed right field. I would love for the White Sox to have Trey Turner playing second base next to Tim Anderson for 81 games in 2023 at guaranteed right field. What we need to do is deal in reality. Yes. What the reality is, is that Jerry Reinsdorf is the owner. And the reality is of Jerry Reinsdorf's own teams, whether it be the Bulls or the White Sox, big free agents are not signed. That 
is just a fact. Correct. The, the, the best player ever brought here in Chicago history, Michael Jordan, was a draft pick, right? Mike Scotty Pippen, probably the second greatest Chicago player ever, draft pick. There has never been a huge Trade. Walter Payton then, Trade draft pick. Oh, well, that's true. But he was acquired the day yes. of the draft. <laughs> Walter Payton acquired in the draft, right? Uh, I know that's a that's not even a Reinsdorf own team, but like there's no big free agents. And the, and the White Sox aren't getting that. Nope. Unless they're serious about actually offering Aaron Judge a real money with real a real contract with real money and uh, outside of the bullshit thing that they offered to Machado. Yeah. And an overpayment. Right. Cause you have to do that. And Anthony asked the question and I see a lot of people ask this question about our guard packs and uh, Kenny and Han, the same thing. No. Um, Kenny has a skin on the wall. Guard does not have any, neither does Paxson and neither does Rick Han. Kenny is while people might not like Kenny, he won a championship, and you can say it was other people's players, but as I said the other day, 2005 was mostly players from other teams that he assembled on this White Sox team. Only three of the people in the on the World Series roster were drafted, cultivated, and on the World Series roster for that team. It was Joe Creedy, Mark Burley, and uh, Aaron Rowan. So Kenny is a champion. Those other three are not champions, so... I get what the, the sentiment is, but I don't feel that they're the same thing. Gar and uh, Pax never did a goddamn thing. Yeah, no, they never did a thing. I mean, they had D. Rose, another draft pick, um, but like they, they were never able to seal the deal. Um, Clark did chime in and say uh, Carlton Fisk was a free agent, which is true, but five years for $3.5 million. I mean, that seems... <laughs> Carlton Fisk was making under a uh, million dollars a year, which okay. seems real cheap. Kenny got lucky. I, I don't understand how Kenny got lucky with a 99-win team in the regular season and 11-1 and one yeah. in, the, in the postseason. I get the sentiment that people don't like Kenny. Give him his credit. Come on now. Well, and here, I mean, and I understand. I mean, Joe's been in this chat a ton, so I don't want to blast Joe too much. But also, like, look at the history of Major League Baseball. Just to win it takes luck. You need to be lucky to win it, whether you're the 2020 Dodgers. Like, the, the Dodgers, for how great they've been since 2011, have one title. They one title, the same amount as Kenny Williams. Andrew Friedman is as good as Kenny Williams if you're just looking at what counts, as in the rings. So as good as the Dodgers are, as great as they are, as big as that Death Star is, Kenny Williams was able, able to pull off that one magical season. That's all it takes. All Rickon needed to do was put together one magical season in this window with so many talented players, and they were unable to do it. It was just sad. And John L's coming in, best case scenario, they'll sign Colton Wong for second base, right? So that's that's like the biggest that, name that you could expect. That is such a White Sox signing. Right. <laughs> such a White Sox signing. Could you scroll up a little bit, Stephen? I think there was a, a couple more that I wanted to go up to. A little bit more than uh, Joe R. Um, Melissa did say Frank Thomas draft as well, so I did want to recognize Four that. Four straight drafts in a row of greatness right there by Larry Himes. And what we're looking for now is maybe the Sox can have a better draft pick. Um, if the White Sox just keep losing, which I think they should, there's nine games left. We'll see where the Sox can be. Cause now there is an MLB draft lottery right now. The Sox sit, I think with a 0.48% chance. So I'd say there's it's a 4.8% chance, chance uh, to become the first overall pick. But 
Um, the Giants are right above them at 74 and 78. So if the Sox can somehow jump San Francisco, and the team that's 14th is Minnesota at 74 and 78 as well. They can so if they can jump the San Francisco and Minnesota, because they got six games left against Minnesota, um, maybe the Sox can help their chances to get the number one overall draft pick and possibly win this lottery, which literally is the only thing to look forward to for the rest of the year, unless you're really paying attention to Jose Abreu chasing the hit champion. Yeah. And Gator said no, no playoffs in 04 or 06. This team has won the playoffs like 11 times, dude. So, yes, it's they don't have a big-time playoff thing. And if you remember 04, they should have been in the playoffs, but big injuries to some guy named Maglio Ordonez. Uh, Frank Thomas was out for an extended period of time. So, yeah, it was a tough. And then 2006, they won 90 games. And Kenny Williams tried to make this team better with the addition of Jim Tomey for Aaron Rowan. I mean, to... I mean, these people, man, I just I don't understand, man. You could hate Ken all you want. Give him credit for the thing that he did and say all the rest were crap. But 2005 was not a luck year. That was a year that he put together. Remember, he traded for Jose Contreras in 2004 when he traded away Esteban Loaiza. Kenny Williams. I mean, these guys, this man just did it. He got Freddie Garcia on this team. That's Kenny Williams. All these things are are his doing. He made this happen. Scott Butsednik, Luis Vizcaino. He had uh, Neil Kotz and us Cliff Polite on the team on that playoff roster who had career years. I mean, come on now. Mercy. Um, Bobby Jenks. You just start naming all these players, and I just want to start going on Hakaru uh, impersonation. Uh, let's go into the points bet ad because they are very, very important. We got to let you know about points bet. When you are watching football this season, points bets bring you a better way to bet live on games, which means before this ad's over, you could place a live same game parlay bet. You could bet on the next drive to be a touchdown and cash out your live second half over bet. With points bet, you have access to more live bets than ever before, and you could build the perfect live same game parlay by combining favorite bets anytime during the game including spreads totals player props and more and you can choose the outcome of the next drive and next points with points bets lightning bets so whether you're on the move or on the couch do it live on points bet if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call 1-800-GAMBLE for crisis counseling or referral services and when you download the points bet app today sign up with code chgo to get two or three bets up to two thousand dollars and if you make a fifty dollar or more first time deposit you'll receive uh, two or three bets of $2,000, a yearly CHGO membership, a f- uh, free access to our CHGO Discord channel, and you'll also get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker, and you could check out our selection of shirts over at chgolocker.com. So if you or somebody who has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner, one of our longtime partners, Athletic Greens. They have a product I use every day, and I've been using it for now over six months. I wake up each and every morning and take my Athletic Greens. It's just one scoop of AG1s in a cup of water, and I absorb 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. And this special blend of ingredients supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, my ability to focus, and I mean, look how young I am. I'm actually 46. I mean, look at this. Um, So I I look great, and that's because I wake up and I drink AG1s each and every day. It's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, daily-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,002 five-star reviews. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of cup of water in every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting and five free travel packs 
with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosox. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgosox. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Again, athleticgreens.com slash chgosox. Let's head out to Guaranteed Rate Field and talk to our guy, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our chgo White Sox beat writer. Hello, Vinny. Good afternoon, gents. How are you? Good afternoon. We're good. Uh, the Bears won, so it was a very lively atmosphere here in the CHGO offices, which was fun and welcomed because it was a stinker on the south side. Uh, what was the big reaction from the clubhouse in this one? Because this is the first time that they've lost all six games in a homestand since 1989. That's a while ago, so first time in my life. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a, I mean, it was a terrible game. It was terrible. They played terrible. Uh, and Miguel Cairo knew it. Uh, he came in here and said how embarrassing and disappointed he was in the effort level, that uh, that it was the worst of what has been a terrible homestand full of terrible games. He said this was the worst one. Um, he said they didn't bring any effort. Uh, you know, it didn't. And it's really the first time we've heard that, uh, you know, coming from the managerial podium uh, this season. Um, but certainly I think a lot of people didn't, uh, you know, really see anything different from what they've been looking at most of this season. Um, kind of a kind of uh, the, the disappointment in a nutshell here over the last week. But this was the homestand from hell, no doubt about it, for the White Sox, because um, I mean, they listen, the I, I think I think we maybe got a, or maybe not everybody, certainly I, and I think a lot of people out there got a little, um, put the blinders on a little bit as to how small the playoff uh, chances might've been even going into that Cleveland series, but they had a chance, right? They had a chance mm -hmm. to, to take a chunk out of that guardians lead, which was only four games. Uh, guys, it's 10 games right yep. now. The guardians have won the AL central. Um, the Sox blew this on every level this week. Uh, even if it wasn't, uh, the, the story of the season, right? The, um, I think it was Gavin Sheets saying, uh, on Friday night, you know they or, or Thursday night whatever day it was that you know they didn't they didn't botch the season because of just what happened against Cleveland this week uh you know it's about all 162 games that they end up playing that's going to tell that story and there's been a way more bad days than there have been good days um but man this week they looked awful and Vinny I know you weren't there yesterday but the first time we get to talk to you since the announcement that Tony La Russa is out for the season and that uh, Luis Robert has been placed in the IL. What was the reaction either pre or post game to that news that uh, happened yesterday? I mean, I think we had gotten to the point where it's not the biggest surprise, right? Obviously, you know, I think if, if Tony's doctors would have seen a situation in which he could come right back, he would have come right back. And, and I think that uh, the case is probably when something like this happens, uh, you're probably not being, uh, uh, you know, given the go ahead to go right back to your high stress job, uh, you know, with its odd hours and its bad travel schedule and it's, uh, you know, junk food and all of that kind of stuff, um, you know, right away, that would, that, that, that comes, uh, that come, comes to mind for me. But uh, I think we had gotten to the point where the absence had been so long. There's so few games left in the season at this point uh, that that looked kind of like it was going to be the likely outcome. Certainly Luis Robert, we talked about it. Uh, you know, I think it was Friday night when, you know, it's just, this had gone on for long enough, and, you know, I don't think that bringing up Mark Payton, you know, anybody was clamoring for that, uh, uh, you know, at any point over the last month to use that roster spot on on this AAA outfielder who is not going to see any playing time, uh, you know, so it was okay maybe that Luis Robert was still on the team, but in terms of getting his wrist healthy, just, just sit him down, I mean, you know, at, at this point, you know, so because uh, he was coming in taking a few swings and immediately feeling it again. Um, it does sound like there's a pretty good chance that, 
Tim Anderson won't be back this year. That Michael Kopech won't be back by the by before the end of this year. We'll see how it goes. Obviously, those things are not impossibilities, but seems like a pretty good chance at this point. And uh, man, I think you know, with between Ta and and Robert being on the IL and uh, off days for Abreu and Aloy ahead of the, the the team's off day tomorrow. I tweeted it out before the game. If I would have told you back in March that on September 25th the White Sox lineup would be without. T.A., Robert, Abreu, and Aloy, you would have thought that last night they clinched the Central Division. Uh, <laughs> and that's not what happened. And they're going to go into this series with Minnesota, which we were po- talking about not just at the beginning of the year, but as recently as about a month and a half ago as being pretty important uh, down the stretch. They're going to go into that series back double digits in the Central. It's the Guardians who are running away with things this year. Just a uh, very, very uh, crummy season for the White Sox is going to uh, has nine games left in it we both understand losing to the Guardians at home because they might be a superior team but we feel like the effort wasn't there for the Tigers series to get swept by the Tigers at home or anywhere is unacceptable to us did Miguel Cairo have any words about the loss the three game losses to the damn Detroit Tigers yeah, I mean, he barely alluded to the series as a whole, more so focusing on today's game and how disappointed he was with that. You know, I, I think I said it already. He used the words embarrassing, terrible, the worst of this whole homestand to describe today. But certainly you can apply it uh, to really every game that's been played since Tuesday night. Uh, you know, they, 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 I, they looked like a team fighting for their lives on Tuesday night. And uh, once that did not go their way, uh, they have not looked like that since. Um, and uh, we'll see, you know, I mean, I think I think you've got guys talking about professionalism and playing for each other and stuff like that. But it might just be hard to kind of muster what you need to do in order to win a Major League Baseball game when you know the reality of what is now an extraordinarily disappointing outcome this season for this team. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they haven't scored any runs really since Tuesday right. night. I mean, it's been it's been a, a very poor showing. Uh, the, the pitching has not been terrible every night. You know what I mean? They've got they've gotten some pitching performances that have been just fine and certainly Dylan Cease today was himself he looked looked like he's looked all year um and and Miguel Cairo made sure to to point out that Dylan was not part of his criticisms but uh man it's just the these last five games uh, have just been have been real ugly Two runs uh, per game in the last five games. They've scored 10 runs uh, over the last five. Real ugly. I want to go back to something you mentioned, uh, Tim Anderson and Michael Kopech's status, because on Saturday when Jared Willis was out there covering Rickon speaking, he said there's still a chance for Anderson and or Kopech to return before the season's end. Um, did we get a little bit more clarity, or is that just kind of an assumption just after another loss and with Cleveland officially securing or locking up the division today? Is that just more of an assumption that we likely won't see Anderson and Robert? I really don't know how much the actual situation of the season has to do with it and, ter- and how much more just the calendar has to do with it, right? I, I think we've talked about this with TA a couple times now, um, or, or and maybe Robert as well. Like, if this was June, you give them the full time they need to you need to give them to get them back to 100% with the games coming off of the calendar you're like oh boy is, is you know there's this end point can they get back before this day can they get back before this day uh, and maybe the answer is just no and, and you know the, that if they're not going to be 100% they're they're not going to come back I, I think maybe that's the case in the middle of the season too and it's just that we have this bumper here at the end of the at the end of the schedule uh, that is kind of making us wonder oh are they going to or are they not like I said, if this is June, there's no question that they're going to be back. But do they have? But what? How many days it takes is the question. Right now, if how many days it takes is the question, and you've only got 
10 days left in the entire season, you know, nine games, 10 days, uh, then, then obviously you're not going to push anyone to get back in time to play, uh, to play here at the end. And I know I don't have that much more Vinny for you right, right now, but uh, usually if I recall correctly, the last road trip of the season, there's something special as far as the people dressing up uh, the roads, the uh, rookies dressing up uh, certain uh, uniforms. Is there anything planned for a Tuesday's trip out to Minnesota? Do you know of? Not that I know of. Obviously, you know, with the off day tomorrow, they're not leaving directly from the park usually when there's any sort of uh, crazy costumes or even just football jerseys like there was the last time. Uh, you know, we see the guys putting those on in the clubhouse and can kind of share that with folks. But, uh, you know, they're they're not leaving until tomorrow night. So maybe they all show up to the plane wearing something silly. I don't know. But uh, certainly not when they were leaving the ballpark today. Um, I want to just ask you quickly about the, this Rick Hahn comment just because, you know, I just want to maybe understand – where his mindset might be at with nine games left. If he's just handling this because there is still nine games left, but um, I read this quote to Herb, and this is from Jared Willis. He said, I don't want to do a postmortem until the body is fully cold, so we'll wait until the end of the season, and then we'll talk about all the different emotions we've had and what the plan is going forward to put ourselves in a better spot. As for the inevitable question, well, what does that mean for next season? We are going to finish up this season first and then address everything when it's appropriate to turn the page at the end of this year. So I think that word, you know, when it's appropriate, I think is the reason why he probably isn't doing that full post-mortem, as he said. Um, but if Rick Hahn isn't brought back, will he ever get a chance to speak? Um, because I, I just wonder if those nine games finish and Jerry Reinsdorf or the White Sox as a whole make that decision to move on from Rick Hahn, will he ever get the chance to speak to the media again? I, I don't know if this is a tough question to figure out, or I'm just trying to figure out like timeline of the baseball season too, because... There is another homestand that Rick Hahn could possibly speak at uh, before the Twin Series, but I, I do wonder if maybe this is the last time he speaks to the media. Well, that is some wild assumptions. I think uh, I, I don't. I don't. You're, I, I'm just saying this. It's very, very hypothetical, right? I mean, we yes, have, absolutely. We've absolutely. No indication that that position is going to be changing at it's, all. Yeah, only and based think, off the fact that they went seventy. They're seventy-five and seventy-six right now, and didn't win the AL Central when that was the whole talk this year to be competitors and contenders. No, absolutely. That was the expectation. But uh, I'm just saying, you know, we, we don't even we don't know what the situation with Tony La Russa is. We don't know uh, if anyone would be spurred to make any change in the front office. We can have our opinions on that matter. But in terms of actual evidence that that would even be under consideration, we have received none of that yet other than just sometimes that happens with pro sports teams at the end of a disappointing season. Um I think right now the idea is that uh, Rick Hahn usually reserves his postseason comments or end of season comments till he has time to, you know, know what the final uh, results are going to be. Uh, the only time that I can think of uh, when he has done those in season, we're back during those rebuilding years where, uh, you know, they were way more than 10 games out of first place by this point in the season when they were way more than just one game below 500, uh, you know, and when they were, um, not even thinking about, uh, you know, being a playoff team. Obviously, that was the expectation and far greater this year. Um, I would not – I would perhaps expect something that final uh, uh, homestand or that final series of the season that does take place at home. Maybe something does come there. Um, you know, there are obviously some – 
even if we're not going to be talking about the big grandiose uh, potential for change, there are housekeeping things to take care of, right? What What is the deal with Luis Roberts' wrist? And, and what is uh, the deal with some of these guys who have been, uh, you know, hurt throughout the season? You know, if they're going to make changes to the coaching staff, those are usually addressed right away. Um, you'll remember when Rick Renneria uh, uh, was done. He That was addressed in the fairly quickly after yep. the the mm-hmm. season i think maybe a week or so after that they were um that they were eliminated from the postseason by the A's. Um, and obviously there was the change uh, at pitching coach there too, uh, which, which uh, you know, right away where, where Rick announced that, that Don Cooper wouldn't be coming back. Uh, so if there's changes to the coaching staff, even that don't include Tony La Russa, you would think that those would be spoken on relatively quickly. That being said, last year, Rick Hans end of season press conference did not come until after the World Series. Uh, you know, that was uh, given right before uh, the GM meetings. Uh, you know, he I remember we went to the GM meetings and he said, basically, how could you guys have anything else for me? I just talked to you for an hour three days ago, which was true. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we figured out a way to, to ask him about an hour's <laughs> worth of questions anyway. But, uh, you know, the, the point being that that shows you how late in the calendar that came last year. Uh, they were a playoff team last year, so that could be different, obviously. You know, they don't have to worry um, about their season extending past a finite date uh, uh, this time around. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see when the next comments are made from the GM. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of questions for him. And, you know, I think until until we have reason to believe otherwise – He's going to be the guy that's going to be asked about what this team's going to look like in 2023 and what the offseason is going to look like coming up this winter. Um, you know, I, I at the moment, there there's no reason to believe that he wouldn't be that guy um, other than, you know, just general uh, sports circumstances and the way those kind of work out. But uh, he's going to have to talk about uh, uh, what, what went wrong and, and what they're going to do to, to make it go right at some point, whether that's uh, going to be before the end of the season, immediately after the end of the season, or a month after the end of the season, we're going to find out. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out timeline for 2023 and figure out the offseason. You mentioned uh, they waited a couple days or a couple weeks to fire uh, Rick Renteri or announce that decision. October 1st was the last game uh, for the Sox in 2020 in that postseason losing to the A's, and then they waited until the 12th to remove him from that position. So, um, yeah, about about 11 days there. And again, you know, whether he is or is not removed, just kind of looking out on when that might happen. Like, should fans be expecting something to be announced on the 6th? Well, it seems like, you know, maybe maybe give them a couple of weeks after the season and, and they'll probably uh, get to some sort of decision. there. Do you have something? Oh, OK, you're, you're angling there. Uh, I do have one final question then for you, Vinny. Uh, with the announcement that Tony La Russa isn't going to be back as the manager next year, do you assume that they will have a Not the manager next year? Just this. Oh, sorry for this year. Since Tony La Russa won't be back as the manager in 2022, um, I, again, I'm, you're probably waiting on word from Rick Hahn, but do we think that it's just wait to see what happens with Tony? Do they have an interview process regardless? Um, or is it just if Tony's not able to come back, Miguel is the guy? How do you view it? I have no idea. I, I mean, I have no <laughs> idea what could happen. Obviously, I'm, let's put it this way. I, I like to think about what all the possibilities are and everything you listed is a possibility, right? I mean, every you could have the you could have it be Tony La Russa, is perfectly fine and is the manager next year. You could have Tony La Russa's doctors say he can't manage baseball next year and the White Sox need to find a new manager because health issues took theirs away from them. You could have it be that Tony La Russa is okay or 
is not okay cleared to play or to manage baseball next year but the white Sox have decided they want to have a different guy managing the team and you could have it be miguel cairo because of the way that things have uh, gone over the last month here or you could have them open it up to a brand new search uh, for a brand new manager uh all of those things are possibilities and i think right now that has to be the number one thing going into the offseason uh, what's going to happen with the manager because uh we can talk every inch of this roster to death and guys we're going to have five day a week uh podcasts coming up once the season's over so trust me we're going to (laughs) talk every one of these positions to death on the roster but the point being i don't think any of them have the you know uh attention uh that the manager's job is going to get from fans because what obviously has been fans biggest complaint all year long it's been tony Larusa. well i think that there's something on the other side of that if you get what you've been chanting for and they get or they or tony's health gets makes it so tony cannot be the manager anymore then what and you know what i mean you can go through the list of uh, managerial candidates that pop into your head and i don't know i'm sure every single person out there is uh, a different level of excited by every single one of them maybe nobody uh, is finding a lot of exciting names out there that are available so um we are not in a situation yet where the white Sox are in a managerial search right now they have a manager and it's tony la Russa. Uh, you know, they have a manager for the 2023 season right now, and it's Tony La Russa. We'll see if that stays the case over the next two weeks, the next month, the next six months. Who knows? So we'll find out. Great talking to you, Vinny. You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, and you can read all of Vinny's work at allchgo.com. And perfect, perfect segue there, Sean, because got a big one coming up. You know, we talked about it the other day, kind of how hard it is going to be for the White Sox to make that big change on the on the roster this year, uh, this winter, rather. Uh, and so I go position by position and kind of look at uh, them being kind of boxed in in a lot of different areas. So I think people should check that one out. That's going to go up here in the next few minutes here on allchgo.com. Very nice, and you can become a member at allchgo.com and make sure you read that. Uh, it probably includes Jose Abreu. We talked about whether he will or won't be with the Sox. Yohan Moncada and Grandal, I expect to be a part of there uh, because their uh, their contracts are uh, under uh, under uh, whatever team control for next year. So uh, definitely check out Vinny's article at allchgo.com if you kind of want to get a little bit of a preview into the 2023 offseason because the 2022 season is pretty much dead. Thanks, Vinny. Bye, guys. All right, now we got to tell you about our people. I want to talk about Rusted real quick before you okay. go to the uh, actual read. Rusted, LOL, 10 games back in the worst division in Major League Baseball. Just a fantastic job, Jerry. Never changed. I mean, when he put it like that, it like it caught me off guard. I knew it was the that was the stat, but then like they're in the worst division in baseball and they're getting dog walked in it well, too. You know what is hilarious? Like after Tuesday, I think it was. Our guy, Lawrence Holmes, was like, I want the White Sox face to be rubbed in it. And that's, yeah. what, that's what we were saying. Like, yeah. we've been saying that for a while. He's like, I want them to run the score up on him. It's already 10 games. Yeah. Like, I mean, they've heard the score. They, like, it's, it, they haven't even left Chicago and the score's been run up on them. I mean, it's just pathetic. Oh, it's so, I mean, yeah, keep on doing it. Make it embarrassing. So it's not like a thing where if we had health, they can't have that press conference. So, man, if we had health, we would have been all good. I wanted to be under 500, getting beat by Cleveland by 15 to 20 games. I wanted to hurt. Well, it can't be 20 games. It can only be 19. So, 
I want it to hurt. I want it to hurt really badly because it doesn't matter anymore. And definitely I want them to lose to the Padres, so the Padres go to the playoffs. There you go. Um, and I, I escape from Madhouse saying more reasonable request. Should Colas be starting in the outfield next year? I think if he's not, I think there's issues. I don't want to see Gavin Sheets. Give me Colas. I would rather just go and get a right fielder that's played in the major leagues already and has success in the major leagues. Yes, he's good. He's good. He's, he's, good in the, good. he's good in the minors. He's 25. I don't want to roll dice on a person that might not be good in the majors. What if he might be good on the majors, though? Anyways, let's tell you about something that is good. Damn good. Great, even. Green Ridge Farms. They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. They're the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Meat sticks have saved my life, I think you could say. Every time I am at work and there are meat sticks in the fridge, I am putting meat sticks on a plate and I am heating up meat sticks. You can heat these up on the grill, which I know our guy Jake has done. You could heat them up in the microwave, which is what I usually do because I just want food fast. Um, and they are delicious. They are naturally smoked meat sticks for eight hours. And with 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect post-workout snack. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. So if you haven't tried them yet, you don't know what you're missing out on. And right now, when you order any three meat products at greenrichfarm.com, and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Again, right now when you order any three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using the code CHGO at checkout. Again, greenridgefarm.com, order any three meat products, Add a pack of meat sticks. You get those free with the code CHGO. And these meat sticks will make your Sunday football watching better. They'll make your baseball watching better. If you're watching tennis, what other sports are going on? Hockey, when that comes around, basketball, all going to be improved by Green Ridge Meat Sticks. I want to tell you about the Guardians. The Guardians have secured the division. And Sarah Langs on Twitter has said, the Guardians are the youngest team in the MLB right now, weighted by plate appearances and baddest face. And if they remain the youngest at the end of the season, they'll be the eighth team to make the playoffs as MLB's eighth youngest team. The other teams that made it, the 1986 Mets, who won the World Series, the 1970 Reds, the 1950 Phillies, the 1949 Dodgers, the 1947 Dodgers, the 1944 Cardinals, who won the World Series, and the 1943 Cardinals. So what this tells me, Herb, is what the White Sox did, letting the Guardians win this division, is some of the most pathetic ass shit in decades 1986 we were talking about 1989 Vinny said he wasn't even born yeah that's three years before the Mets went in the World Series in 86 this hasn't happened since 1986 one year at, I mean the same year the, the the Bears won the fucking Super Bowl yeah. January 26 1986 is when they won that Super Bowl so the same amount of time that it took the Bears to win the Super Bowl it took the youngest team in Major League Baseball to win a division and get in the playoffs and the team with the seventh highest payroll let that team win that division at every single turn they got pathetic very much pathetic and it's a 10 game stretch right now god I just can't go over that just how badly the White Sox are losing this division this shite division and they're a young team, Cleveland, but they're a better team than the White Sox right now. And it's just so maddening to know that it's not going to change. We're talking, and I think Melissa wrote in her uh, thing, uh, Sage Bolenbach, about 
they're going to be using the excuse of injuries. They're going to be saying, oh, blah, blah, blah. We did this, that, and the other. We tried so hard to win uh, this division, but the things didn't roll in our favor. If we get 140 games from Malloy, if we get 140-something games from uh, Luis, we miss uh, Yasmani for a good chunk. Yoan wasn't this and that. A lot of excuses instead of, we as a collective failed. There are no excuses for how or why we failed. We failed. We're going to get things fixed. It starts with me. I'm Rick Hahn. I failed. And, I, you know, no accountability on the White Sox. So he won't be fired. He, you know, Rick Caney won't fire him. And Jerry definitely won't fire him. And if they do fire him, it's just going to be fucking Chris Getz brought up to the GM spot. So it doesn't matter, really. It's the same garbage-ass team and same people who they pick in the first round and the same development through the minors and the same major league development. And we gotta, we're we going to champion, I guarantee, in that fucking interview. They're going to be like, guys, you see how great Gavin Sheets was? Not great. I'd he was, just, my head he was just better than he was when he started this year, which was piss poor. And which that's was what only gonna helped talk. by being demoted. Yeah, that's what they're going to talk about. They're like, well, Gavin Sheets had a good year. Well, this guy had a good year. Dylan Cease, guys, come on now. Let's point out all the stuff that happened that was kind of good. But they're going to be under 500 this year. I guarantee they're going to go up to Minnesota and piss well, and wet the bed and, you know, and San Diego and then come back home and have their adoring fans who are packing that ballpark. Yesterday's game, they were there. I know it was a windbreaker giving up, but God damn it. They were there. These guys are still there cheering you on, supporting you, and they'll be there Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And we were talking about the Jose Abreu thing, like maybe that will be his last home game in a White Sox uniform. I wish people would be there to celebrate Jose Abreu and go to game time so you don't have to put any money into the pocket of Jerry Reinsdorf. Go to game time app and get the cheap tickets you'll get on Wednesday and say goodbye to Jose Abreu properly. It's right here in the link description. If you're watching right now on YouTube, if you're listening on the podcast, it is also in this description of this podcast. So get your game time tickets for that and don't put any money into the pockets of Jerry Reinser, but go and say goodbye to Jose Abreu because you might not see him in a White Sox uniform. A lot of ambiguity there. Mm-hmm. A lot of ambiguity with Tony Rusa. Same thing with Rick Hahn. Like you were asking Vinny. Like this team, just give me answers instead of excuses. Excuses are their fucking number one thing. That's their best export. And that's the thing with injuries. Like I think someone said that there. I mean, they won 93 games last year and there was injuries everywhere around the park and we weren't mentioning injuries before that guardian series before that 10 to 7 11 inning loss we weren't talking about injuries was Luis Roberts injury you know bad yes he slid into second base against the Tigers trying to make a steal that sucks the White Sox should have shut him down and they didn't they failed Tim Anderson being out he's been out for six weeks sometimes you have to deal with that shit get over it For the most part, you had a healthy lineup against Cleveland. You had a healthy lineup in September. You were winning games early in September, and Miguel Cairo was getting all this credit for bringing energy. Energy. What the fuck happened in this six-game home stretch? They quit. They gave up. Yep. And I and I love my guy Alec in the chat. Uh, I'm literally going to see him tomorrow. Give him a big kiss at the Gaslight Anthem concert. But he said they need to sell high on sheets. OPS of 122 in 2021. 2022, it's 102. He says OPS of 723 last year was 830. He sucks. 
I would, he's he's good for the White Sox because he, he hits home runs. He has yeah. 15 home runs. That's great for the White Sox. Any other major league team wouldn't be playing Gavin Sheets because he can't play the outfield, and he's a below-average hitter, yeah. or at least an average hitter. I know what he's saying, but I would, too. I don't think Gavin Sheets is going to be better than this. So, yeah, sell high on him. Sell on Eloy. If you want to sell high on sell, Sheets, you should have sold him this offseason or last offseason. Sell on a lot of people because... This team is not going anywhere. They have a lot of mediocre players that they think are great because they drafted him and they developed him. But no one on this team is you're like, oh, man, we got to keep him. I mean, I, I know Steven wants to keep uh, Dylan Cease, and it's not his fault, but you got to make the team better. Dylan Cease, a broke-down car with a great some great rims, still is a broke-down car. And that's what Dylan Cease is, just some nice, shiny-ass rims on a 82 Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> I don't know if he's that bad. Yes. Uh, you think he's that bad? Wait, no, wait. no. The car is the oh, White the, Sox. The car. The, the, I got Dylan you. Cease is the, the nice-ass rims. I got you. So you, once you steal the rims, it's just the broke-ass car. I got you. And you can get a different car if you, uh, <laughs> you uh, sell those rims. Because the rims are worth more than the car. There you go. Um, Sorry, I got ice in my mouth now. It, it's all good. I'm pissed. Um, do we have a starting pitcher graphics? I just want to talk about Cease before we end this. Uh, starting pitcher today, uh, Dylan Cease went six innings, allowed zero earned runs, four hits, three walks, five Ks. Tyler Alexander, Ugh. who is not a Cy Young candidate, with six innings, let up one earned run, also allowed four hits, gave up two less walks, one walk, and also struck out five. It's the guy with the 78 ERA+. Plus, Tyler Alexander. Basically had a good game or a better game. And the guy with 187 plus AP uh, ERA plus, and the guy with the 187 ERA plus gave up zero earned runs. That's because the team didn't try. Yep. It, it, what, what I mean, we've been doing this show for 40 minutes, right? 50 minutes. Yeah, it's like, way too much. I, I don't need to say that this team didn't show up again. Should I say it again? Say it again. They didn't show up. They didn't show up the second game against Cleveland. They didn't show up the third game against Cleveland. They didn't show up on Friday against Detroit. They didn't show up on Saturday when there's 33,000 people there. And they didn't show up today. And they're not going to show up tomorrow, or I guess on Tuesday. They're not going to show up on Wednesday. They're not going to show up on Thursday. This team has quit. And, it, and and they've quit because the organization stinks. And they allow them to quit. Yeah. And that was like a, a directive. Well, I'll give 75%. And you won't think that's a slippery slope. You tell people to give less than their best. Slippery slope, and that's what's happened. Let's go to the Cy Young talk here because Dylan Cease, no earned runs, six innings today. Um, Dylan, our guy Cy Cease, versus Justin Verlander, who Oof. is the front runner right now. Cease is 14 and 7, 179 innings pitched, a 206 ERA, 1.09 whip, 222 strikeouts, and an ERA plus of 187. That was before today's start. Um, so it should go up. So it should be around like 190, 192 after today's game. Justin Verlander, 17-4, and 4, 163 innings pitched, a 182 ERA, a .84 whip, 167 strikeouts, and a 212 ERA plus. I don't think Dylan's got it in him, but maybe. It's going to take, like I said in the pregame, he has to throw a no-hitter. Or something that is very, very noticeable because you're going against the San Diego Padres on West Coast time. People are not going to be paying attention to the White Sox. And then the Padres are clinging onto a playoff spot in the out there, the wild card spot. So no one's going to be really paying attention. But if you 
get no hit and you no hit uh, Manny Machado, Juan Soto, and the boys out there, they'll, people will take note. And if you come back and if he happens to pitch the last game of the season where all the teams are playing at the same time, I think a 3 o'clock start, and you do this versus the Minnesota Twins, which he came a, uh, one out away from doing that uh, earlier last month or is it last month or this month, but he almost no hit them. He does that versus the Minnesota Twins. Then people stand up and notice because it'll be a lasting image right before the voters put in their final vote for Cy Young. Otherwise, it is probably like a 90 to 10 thing for or for uh, Dylan Cease, and he's on the other side of that 90. Well, I mean, even if those stats were equal, even if Dylan Cease had a 2.12 ERA, I mean, even a little bit more innings pitched, uh, same ERA, I think the fact that Justin Verlander's on a 100-win Astro team and the fact that it's Justin Verlander, I think people are just going to want to vote for him. I think it's a narrative ball here, which he's, I don't blame him. Oh, the story's great. And he's got a narrative. Yeah, as, as Melissa says, the Verlander story is too good. The voters love those feel-good stories. He's going to win play, but comeback player of the year. He's going to win this uh, Cy Young for, most, for the most part, and he's going to go to the playoffs as the number one starter. I think, you know, Framber Valdez might have a, a shot there, and that's another way uh, the White Sox and Dylan Cease can possibly get the Cy Young if somehow, some way, people start voting for Framber Valdez, take some of those first place votes away from Justin Verlander, and Dylan Cease gets a bunch of first place votes from the rest of the crowd, then Dylan can get in there and grab some uh, Cy Young awards uh, and, and, the, and the the actual trophy, but I don't see that happening at all. So Verlander's going to the playoffs, Framber Valdez is going to the playoffs, Dylan Cease will be chilling at home like us, playing a little Frisbee golf. Yeah, I think that narrative ball kind of eliminates what happens with uh, Jake Arrieta where Clayton Kershaw and Zach Greinke were also so good, and both of those got first-place Cy Young votes, and then Arietta ended up taking it. I think Verlander's probably going to maybe not be unanimous, but I think he's going to be close to unanimous. I think Valdez is going to be second, and I think Cease is going to be third. Um, I did like uh, Daniel Stack saying um, the White Sox are like uh, Papa Doc in 8 Mile, and uh, just after Eminem finishes – Toss him the mic and he just folds, um, which is true. They did that back in April against Cleveland and they continue to do it for the entire year. We'll be back with you tomorrow live at 1030 a.m. here on the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and notification bell to let you know when we are live. Goddamn White Sox are free world. For the and, we, and we just did get swept by three one third, bitches. <laughs> Join us tomorrow. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow us on Twitter at Eckernwell23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W or Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And make sure you check out his brand new article that should be posted soon at allchgo.com about the outlook for the 2022 or 2023 season. Thank you, everyone, for uh, hanging out with us in the chat. Alec, Gatorbite, Rusted, Melissa, Mr. C, Daniel, Anthony O., all of you great people for hanging out with us today. We will see you tomorrow at 1030. Go White Sox. Goodbye.